All right, gang, sitting here now with my new pal, Callie Stumpy, also known as The Car Mom. Super excited about this. Stay tuned. The car business is rapidly changing and modern car dealers are meeting the demand. I'm Michael Cirillo, and together we're going to explore what it takes to create a thriving dealership and life in the retail automotive industry. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with subject matter experts that are designed to help you grow. This is The Dealer Playbook. Okay, so you flew onto my radar and I became so infatuated in a in a like an honest professional way i was just like i'm like have i been scrolling and watching for an hour (laughs) and yes sure enough i had been and i just became so excited that that i reached out to you and i'm like hey i know you, you i'm probably don't exist in your world yet but would you ever consider and you were so gracious and so i'm so excited to welcome you to the dealer playbook thanks so much for joining me yeah, no, I'm so excited. And thank you for following up and being consistent. My, I think I told you, my assistant went on maternity leave and I almost let it slip through the cracks, but I am very happy I did not because it just sounds like just the few minutes we talked previously, it sounds like it's going to be a fun conversation and we'll see. Hopefully your audience likes me. I think they will. I think they will. Um, I'm excited to kind of dig into this a little bit. I mean, how, where, where does the idea the car mom See, now my Canadian accent, I grew up in Canada and I just said, mum, you know, where does the car mum come from? Where did the concept start? Like, how did you get into this? Yeah. So I come from a dealer family, which people are always surprised to learn, but my family owned five car dealerships in the St. Louis area. And I started selling cars in 2016. Um, You know, got married, wanted to start a family and was like looking at the auto industry and being like, huh. I don't think I can sell cars and be a mom. Like, I don't know any daycares that take kids for 12 hours. So it was just (laughs) realizing that like retail auto and motherhood were not going to work, which was very disappointing because I loved selling cars. I was very good at selling cars. I loved being in my family's business. So it was, it was disappointing when I thought at the time that motherhood and cars just weren't going to mix. And it's funny now looking back that it was literally right in front of me the whole time. But I, you know, I, I, transitioned out of it. And I really missed selling cars. And I became pregnant with my second and I was doing some other work in the auto industry. I was working for a CRM company at the time. Um, But I missed selling cars. And my husband gave me the idea one night when I was, you know, penciling out how much childcare costs for two kids and if I should just become a stay at home mom or like what that was going to look like. He goes, why don't you just focus on the moms? And he, you know, he was going on and on. He's like, you know, maybe you could just like sell to appointments and like bring the minivan to like your, the newest minivan to your park play date. And I was like, that's like kind of a good idea. Like I'll just sell cars to St. Louis moms. But as soon as, you know, he said that and I started like thinking about the idea, I was like, oh wait, no, I don't think anyone's talking about cars for moms. And at the time, all of my friends were getting pregnant, becoming moms. And, you know, since I was in the auto business, everyone would ask me, hey, what do you think of this car? What's the best car for car seats? What's the, you know, what's your favorite minivan? And I was like, I don't know. What is, the best, like, what is the best car for mom? So, you know, I looked at my resources, which was access to car lots and a baby and a car seat. And I said, hey, what if we just kind of threw this all together and started reviewing cars from a mom's perspective? And 
I'm looking at the most recent. So I'm on Instagram and I'm blown away. I mean, 473,000 followers. Does that let, let, just being real? Does that do you ever like does that settle in or or is it always like, holy crap, I got 475,000 followers? It, uh, no, I have a lot of like, holy crap moments. I really do. And, like, I remember when I heard about like, um, not to, I'm, let me be clear. I'm not comparing myself to Taylor Swift. And they were like, oh yeah, she sold out a stadium. That was 50,000 people. And I was like, 50,000 people fit in the whole stadium. I was like, not that my followers would show up, but it's like, I have like several stadiums worth of followers. Like that's a lot of, yeah, people. You do. <laughs> a lot of people. So yeah, it's, um, it's, it's been very, very exciting and fun to see and very validating to see how many moms do in fact care about cars and the cars they drive. And they're interested in, you know, auto, honestly. Did the idea click for you right away? So your husband presents it to you. I mean, because it's so, it's such a fundamental um, marketing concept, like niche down, find, find until it hurts. And, and I think a lot of people, especially car dealers, those that are listening or watching, they're thinking, oh man, how many times have we heard niche down? And we didn't do it because we, you know, whether it's OEM pressure being like, no, but you have to sell everything. You can't just be a truck dealer. You have to be a, you know, whatever. But here you are as another shining beacon of like, no, I niche down till it hurt. I spoke to a very specific segment and boom. Yes. I really believed in the car mom from the second we kind of came up with it. I just, I just felt like my whole life I had been like in a way preparing for that role. Like I sold cars. I became a mom. I had access to, you know, all of these cars. I majored in communications. Like I like knew a little oh, bit about okay. social media on the side. So it very much felt natural. And I think when you niche down, it's very easy to create content because you just like go within your niche. And it's just like, you know, it's, it's very easy. You can let yourself get creative, but I also don't, I think it's a misconception when, having a niche is putting yourself in a box. I don't feel that way at all. I, right. I mean, I'm on like a dealer playbook podcast right now and I'm a mom. So I think like, yeah. it's not like I'm just on like the mom podcast. Like I've had some incredible opportunities of people who are just, who, who resonate with my content. And I think sometimes your audience kind of ends up driving what your niche is. Like I have a lot of first time car buyers who come to me. So it's not just moms, but it's first time car buyers and like what that looks like. Flip side, now I have a lot of dads that are coming. So like now, next thing you know, my husband is starting to do truck dad reviews because like that just feels like kind of expand the niche. I now do teen driver content a lot because I've got moms of older people wondering what a good car for a teen is. So I think it's it's very good to have a niche as a fallback. And I think if you don't let yourself put put it in a box, it's not going to. Well, what I appreciate what you're saying is, you know, just how over the years there there was kind of an organic element that when you finally kind of set up the brand, it was a lightning bolt, but, but there was a buildup. Like, like you said, there were moms asking you questions leading up to this, that you were, you you know, demand was there. Right. Um, What I love about it too, what you're saying is, and it's why do I resonate with it? I'm like, okay, what does she have to say now? You have a video, for example, where you're talking about, you've got all these cups, you know, the Stanley mug in your hand and you've got a, McDonald's, Starbucks, can of soda. You got all these different things. And I'm like, okay, I got to see what she's going to say because she is definitely thinking about this vehicle from a different angle than I would be. I, I go into a vehicle being like, hey, my angle is, does it have leather? I know my wife's angle is, how many nooks and crannies am I going to find goldfish crackers in? <laughs> like, I just know. Yeah. 
And that's going to inform the decision more than anything else. And I'm going to be like, yeah, you're right. I don't want to be cleaning this thing out all the time. Yeah. And I think the, I think in a way the auto industry, and I'm talking like big auto, like the manufacturers have not done a stellar job of understanding why people buy cars and, and treating that as equal. Like if I go to right. a more press event and they want to share me the new off-roading kit, I'm like, who was taking, who was off-roading? <laughs> what percentage of your audience is off-roading? Who asked, can I like, can I like say specific brands or <coughs> yeah? Yeah, sure. Like yeah. who is taking a Honda Pilot off-roading? <laughs> who needed a Kia Telluride X Pro trim? Like who needed that? Right. And even if some people did, Kia, what percentage? Hyundai, what Honda, what percentage? Like, what about the moms in the pickup line? And is our needs for a vehicle not equally as important? And like people want to like, you know, sometimes laugh at laugh at me being like, all you care about is the cup holders. Like, you know, okay, all you care about is going off-roading, of which you're gonna go two times in your life. Two times you're gonna take right. a new car off-roading. I'm gonna use my yeah. cooler every day and my needs are equally as important. And it's just like I'm so done with like the conversation of like the reasons that women buy cars are less than than a reason that a man buys a car. They are not less yeah. than. They are different and they are equally as important, in my opinion. Yeah. And and I love that you're underscoring. And that is all sorts of okay and needed um, because just being real, you're going to spend more time in that vehicle than I am. Yeah. And like my audience is going to buy more than your off-roading audience. And it just it just feels like it's a joke and it's like a trope that it's like, oh yeah, you need all this trunk space for your Costco haul. It's like, no, I do. I have a family of three. You don't care about us? <laughs> I know. Like, oh, but cool. Like we can climb a rock. And it's just, it's just, it's funny to me that. that like, you, you can climb a rock wearing an overcoat and a suit underneath. Cause that's always the guy in the picture, right? Yeah, He's always right. hand in right. his pocket. Yeah. For all your adventures. It's like, okay, well, <laughs> what about Target? What about putting in my garage? What, and then it's like, I mean, I could go on and on just about how there's how these cars, they spend so much time and effort marketing and building them for like, I would have to imagine 1% of their audience. Right. I think that's, yep. I think that's generous. Well, it goes to show like just the reality of it is you have approached and found that sweet spot of, we're just going to talk about practicality and utility because when the, when the rubber meets the road, no pun intended, <laughs> That's what people actually care about. And if we're being honest, Kelly, I mean, most people are probably leasing a vehicle now to try and get a lower payment. They're not going to feel comfortable off-roading in that thing anyways, because they don't want to screw it up. I know. It's just, it's, uh, it's funny. At what point? So, so then you, you decide to start posting. And I think this is something that I, that I really think is valuable to understand because we've had other people who have, you know, similar to yourself who have blown up on social. And I really like dissecting the consistency, the planning, the, the, the real work. I think people have this hyped up inflated sense of, Oh, they just post. And then, and then it blew up. And how come my social posting isn't working then at what point, how often are you posting? And at what point do you start to see the, the curve trend upwards? So I started um, June 12th of 2020. And I have only not posted one day since then. Wow. So I'm about to take my first, like, I'm going to take a Christmas break. Though. I'm going to take two weeks off, I think, which I'm pretty excited about, but it's been very consistent. And I think it's been consistent. And I think a, the biggest mistake people make when they start social media, especially as like a career or hopes for a career is they spend way too much time trying to figure out how to monetize it and not enough time building value. 
And I, I see even dealers do the same thing. Like, you know, everyone wants to try to make a quick buck and like post your hot trade and think that like that's a value add. And it's just not. It's, it is very easy to make money on social media when you have an engaged audience. It is very hard to build an engaged audience. And I spend 99% of my time building that engagement and keeping that engagement and keeping that attention in 1% of my time. And when I say selling, I mean selling anything. I mean selling, going to listen to my podcast, you know, selling, going to watch this tour that I, like not even selling a product, just like asking my followers for something. I don't try to ask them for something hardly ever. And it's all about really, I, I call it the four E's. It's like my, it's like my content pillar thing. Okay. And it's, um, every piece of content needs to hit at least one in bonus points. If you can hit like multiple and the four E's are educate, engage, entertain, or empower. Mm. So I, if you can somehow educate your audience in an, in an engaging way that then empowers them and you're entertaining at it, like you're winning, like that's, that, that's the pillar. And not to like call out dealers, but like, I love to give this example. I see so many dealers who like always ask me like how they can do better social media. And I say, well, I'd stop shouting out happy birthday to your finance manager, Gail. Well, I'm not saying that's not, I'm not saying we shouldn't wish Gail a happy birthday, but I'm saying, what does your audience care about Gail's birthday? What are the four E's does that hit? Gail doesn't, also Gail doesn't care. Get her a gift card. You know, I'm right. That's true. How many times? That just tickled my funny part. Happy birthday, Gail. Who cares? Go get on the lot. Go show us how to like use Apple CarPlay. Build some, bring some value. I love, there's, there's a couple of things just as a, a little injection here of, I love a. I love your voice for the persona of the naysayer. It's this like whiny. I love that, and then I love Gail. Like I just immediately love Gail. Oh, we love Gail, and we know we're wishing her happy birthday. And I know she's a sweet girl, but like I just feel as though dealers, or you know, dealers will say, "I'll see a social media post, new leasing special, three twenty nine a month." Shut up. First of all, you know that you're like cool. cool. First of all, that's not you know that's not going to happen. And second of all, right. what are the four E's? Is that hits? So you're trying to sell to nobody. Nobody. Right. Yeah. Why? What? What do you think contributes to that desire, though? Like, is it this oh, anything is better than nothing mindset, or is it I just don't know what to creatively do? Yeah, I think that they don't set out with a goal. I think that just ask yourself. I think people think social media is posting, and it's it's social media is designed and it's to help people. So, like, how are you right. helping people? And like, I always give dealers these examples. Like, what if every Tuesday? You got a salesperson out of their desk and they, you did a tip Tuesday and you taught and you did a little 10 second video, 30 second video on how to do something on your car, on one of your cars. Cause you know, all, all your cars are the same too. Like sending up Apple CarPlay and a Toyota Corolla is the exact same as the Toyota Sequoia. So like, what if you just did that? And then you could tell your customers when they bought a car, Hey, like I know there's so much technology in these cars, but guess what? Every Tuesday we do a different tip on how to use the technology in here. So make sure you're following us on social media. Oh, now I have a reason to do something like so niche down. So your niche is your followers, is your buyers who own Toyotas. Yeah. Now you're coming across their desk. You're interacting with them. Now, when you put out a special, they're like, they're always so helpful. Yeah. You're, you are the Toyota. You're the one-stop shop for Toyotas. Yeah. Like all things Toyota. And I think most people can do that too. Like I, you know, I always have been, I've been getting on to my brother for years. He sells BMWs. And I'm like, Craig, you could be the BMW guy under 20 grand. Like all these used BMW, like, like you just do anytime like a used BMW comes in, like a 2000, you know, 14, three series video. And like, that's your thing. And like, that's your niche. And like, you know, BMWs for like the college kids or like, just like pick a niche and just like do something. Right. Let's yeah. on a budget, like just do something. And again, you're not 
selling that specific car, but you're just like giving an example of a car being like, here's why I liked this model year. Or, I mean, there's so like cars honestly are like one of the easiest things to create content around. Like I genuinely pity the bloggers who like are like fashion bloggers or like food bloggers, because like that's tough. Like a food blogger, you got to make a recipe, a car blogger. I have to go outside and show how someone had to use heated seats. And it's like the coolest thing I've ever seen. It's just, it's not that, it's not not that complicated. And I think anyone could look at what I'm doing and do it. And I would welcome it because I'm not scared of, I actually believe in community over competition. Like I'd actually love someone to take the pressure off me and can someone else do this? Yes. Like I would like to share someone else's video, but it's just, I haven't, I haven't. There are no other video. Yeah. I, I, I get it. Let me ask you this. What is, what is your process? So we talked about the four E's, which I think is so valuable. Um, which I need to, I'm sitting here. I'm like, when I send messages, okay, let's reevaluate our content strategy. Um, what does your process look like? You know, so, so for example, you've got this fun video of you guys using this device, the rescue me device. And by the way, all of you look all sorts of delighted to be smashing windows with this thing. We get to see the time it airs or is posted. How much time preceding the post? Did that actually like what's the process? How do you identify that's something that's going to hit on one of the four E's or multiples, film it, plan it, you know, et cetera? It's a really good question. Probably a disappointing answer. I, so I work with my sister full time. And Uh I, when I have a good piece of content in my hand, it's like a grenade. Like I have to post it. Like I don't want to sit on it. I don't have a single reel banked. So like, actually, I don't think people should like really take my social media advice. I don't have, I have several ideas, <laughs> but like, I'm going to film a reel today. And my sister would be like, Hey, you know, like Sunday's our best day. Let's save it. And I'll say, nah, I'm just going to go for it. Like, I just like when I've got a good piece of content, I just do it. And I don't think you need to get caught up in a content schedule. No, I definitely like, I, I have scripts written because some of my content gets a little bit more granular. Like I'm going to do this big reel, this big video, um, comparing, you know, one car seat in the car versus another car seat. So like I needed to do a little prep work for that. Or I just did a reel on the, I'll do a reel on the TX versus the Grand Highlander. So I do some prep, but like I film it and edit it and post it, send that. I like to get it out of my life. Probably not a good answer. Or the most real authentic answer we've gotten. Like, cause you know, there are there, I I think, you know, what it is, is it's kind of a self-awareness piece a little bit. Like, what what works for you? Figure out what works for you and then do that. And I think a lot of times people, especially myself, I know I can get caught up in this. I'm like, okay, no, let's strategically try and place it. And you know, that sort of a thing. When to your point, if if that is not the way you are and you know that and you are a let's go, let's post it, then do that. Like do you is essentially what I'm taking from that. Well, and I, I mean, if, I don't know if your listeners are very familiar with the Instagram landscape and I'm on other platforms too, but like Instagram is kind of like our home base. Right. Um, and Instagram is all about doing stories, which are like taking me through your day. Like those expire after 24 hours. And then you have the feed, which is the more permanent spot. So, and I mean, this sounds silly, but like it's as specific as like, I want to look like I'm talking about the topic and then I'm in the same outfit. And like, then I filmed it. Like, I don't want to look like I have all this pre-recorded stuff. I want to look like what I am, which is a mom who's working. Hey, drop my kids off at daycare. Okay, I'm going to go film this reel. Okay, just posted the reel. I hope you guys enjoy it. Like, let me know what you think. And it's like my followers are like along for my day instead of this very stiff, like, when does she do this? Like, this is what she's doing Mm -hmm. on a Saturday. I'm like, no, absolutely not. I'm like knee deep in, you know, blippy and goldfish with my three kids. So it's just like kind of paint, 
at least that's what I like to think is like kind of painting like a very realistic message. Yeah, well, and, and I think it shines through. I think that's one of the elements of why perhaps the the audience continues to grow and engage and hit is because it does feel I, I mean, the best way to be authentic is to be authentic. I know that sounds really dumb, but if you're just living it and then doing it as part of your life, then there's no way to actually fake the authenticity, which I think shines through, especially this day and age. We live in a, such a hyper a hyped up era where even now we're we're hype we are in such a hyped up era kelly that we have to hype up being authentic it's so true and i i think where people also get caught up is there's like two types of content that do really well on instagram or any platform and it's either hyper production like i'm talking kind of like what we're looking at like with your purple lights and your good mic and like hyper production or raw and authentic and like i can't do hyper production because i just that's just not who i am so right I'm just going to be hyper authentic. And I just, I think if you, if you can't, if you, and if you don't have the resources to like do a big production, don't look like you're trying to do a big production, then just be yourself and, or go all out and make it a really nice, good piece of content. And both can perform well, but you don't want to look like you're mediocre. And I think that's where people get yeah. nervous. Yeah. But if you look authentic, then you won't look mediocre. Right. I those. Yeah, no, I, that, that definitely makes sense. It's, it's kind of how like over the years, it probably, maybe I'm not a quick study, but it took me a long time for people to be like, what's with the radio voice, dude? And then all of my employees are like, no, that's actually just how he talks. Like, that's just how he, if I pulled my kids in here, as you know, kids are not good liars. If I were to pull any of my three children in here and this was fake, they would be like, dad, why are you talking? So, (laughs) you know, like they'd, they'd grab the mic. They'd be like, my dad's weird, you know? But it's just, this is who I, you know, and so to your point, yes, stop overthinking overproduction, underproduction, stop, start focusing on, is this mediocre Yeah. or not? Yeah. I love that. Um, where do you go from here? It, it, I, I know, like, obviously this is blown up and, you know, you've got so much engagement and so much opportunity. What's your thoughts about car market? Where is it headed? What are people caring about? What are some of the trends you're picking up on? And and how do you see meeting those demands through your outlet? It's a good question. You know, I, my, first and foremost, like one of my main priorities and goals of the car mom is as a dealer family is to make sure that local independent dealers don't get out, you know, that they're still around in like 30 years. So I am very pro dealer. And I think that that comes across in a very unique way in my content, because I think there's a lot of other car coaches out there who want to tell you how scary dealers are. And I don't think you guys are scary. I mean, I'm one of you, like I was there, I was a good salesperson. So I very much like to empower dealers. I think you're very, I think they're very needed. And I think that we have some improvements we can make. And I think the number one thing is just really doing it better and taking care of people and not being scared of change. You know, like, I mean, I'm excited about the future. I'm excited about AI. I'm excited about like Amazon X Hyundai. Like, I think those are fun. And I, I think there's there's still a seat for them at the table. They want to think if they do a good job. And I think the consumers are with you. Like people want to go to a dealership. Yeah. If they didn't, like Carvana would have done way better during COVID. Like people still want to go to a dealership. Like that's, they do. So make that an enjoyable experience and make it an experience and don't waste people's time. And worry about this, this, like this new generation of, and they're consuming their content in much, they're consuming their content and their research in much smaller increments. Like now, like my YouTube tours, they used to be way more in depth and like, you know, 12 minutes long. Now I've cut them down to six. And I know most people are only, are making car buying decisions just based off my 30 second reels, because like that's wow. how people want to consume content, which is fine. So just adapt, yeah. adapt and 
figure it out. Yeah, it kind of goes full circle to something you had touched on a little bit earlier, which I think is a great way to kind of bring this all full circle, which was like the audience kind of dictates how how things go and what what the niche or niche actually is. And here we are now nearing the end of the conversation and you're like, give them what they want. Like kind of not to oversimplify, but give them what they want. Kelly, man, this has been so much fun. I'm so glad that we were able to connect. Uh, congratulations. I mean, it, it is tremendous. I love it. I hope everybody from the DPB gang goes and checks out your content. They probably already have, like if we're just being honest, they already are followers of yours and all of those sorts of things. But for those that may not be, how can those listening and watching get in touch with you and connect with you? Yeah. So I, um, I'm on Instagram at the car mom. All my YouTube tours are the car mom. My website's the car mom and my podcast is the car pool. So you can find me there. I'll also be at NADA on Saturday. I'm speaking. Oh, cool. So if anyone's there, and I'm talking about building your brand. So probably very similar to this conversation, but I love that coming up. And yeah, I'd follow along. We're going to have to connect at NADA. Are you going? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love NADA. I can't tell you how much I like the dealer side over the manufacturer side some days. Like, it's just... (laughs) I don't know. And also just like, I just like, like dealers and I like car people. Like the the manufacturer side, it's a bunch of journalists and they're just not quite as fun. Fake news. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Again, they're like, so can it climb over rocks? And I'm like, okay, right. We don't actually care about that. (laughs) We're going to go back to the dealer side now. Yeah, I love it. Kelly Stumpy, aka the car mom. Thanks so much for joining me on the Dealer Playbook Podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm Michael Cirillo, and you've been listening to the Dealer Playbook Podcast. If you haven't yet, please click the subscribe button wherever you're listening right now. Leave a rating or review and share it with a colleague. Thanks for listening.